0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Too Much Tuma Show. My name is Brennan Tuma, and you can find me on Twitter at TooMuchTuma. Today marks the return of my solo pods, and it's been a while. My idea around this time last year was to have a weekly Sunday night show dedicated to talking about prospects during the season, lasting roughly 15 minutes per episode. Short, sweet, and to the point. Well, once the pandemic took over the world, I ended up doing a few shows on various topics, but ultimately nixed the idea. That is until now. Moving forward, I'm going to try to get these out as often as possible. While today's show is focused on prospects, that won't always be the case. I'm going to mix in some other fantasy baseball topics as well, and hopefully a lot of mailbags. I like mailbag episodes a lot as it's a great way to interact with listeners. But we have plenty of time for logistics. In the spirit of keeping the show moving at all times, let's get to today's prospect news roundup. And we'll start with the biggest prospect story since pitchers and catchers officially reported, and that's the developing Jared Kalenick saga in Seattle. We don't need to rehash all of Kevin Mather's troubling comments, but one thing he said that I can't stop thinking about is that Kalenick would be up with the Mariners by late April. Yes, this is blatant service time manipulation. In fact, it might be the most obvious example ever. That's because Mather also noted that Kalenic turned down a long-term offer from Seattle and will instead be betting on himself, quote-unquote. Obviously, the Mariners think he's ready for the bright lights, and it appears as if he's much closer to the majors than I originally anticipated. Quick side note about this. Without having a minor league season last year, and without scouts and player personnel interacting, the ETAs for several top prospects are a bit all over. We're simply operating with less information than we're used to, which makes it all the more important to pay close attention this spring. So in summary with Kalenic, there's a really good chance he's up by late April. This makes him worth drafting and stashing in redraft leagues. And as long as your bench size isn't overly shallow, Kalenic has become a priority. Sticking with top prospects who should be debuting sometime in April, I want to highlight both Alex Kirilov and Andrew Vaughn. I've identified these three hitters, Kalenic included, as the biggest names who should be on our redraft radar as of late February. Drafting a minor league player in a redraft league is an exercise in opportunity cost. We want the late round upside that comes with their skill sets but we need to balance that against having them soak up a valuable bench spot until they arrive. Of course there's also no guarantee that they produce right away either. Hopefully anyone listening knows my stance on this by now. That even in redraft leagues top prospects are always worth the gamble. However we want to be taking the most plus EV gambles. From what I can tell, for example, there's no chance Julio Rodriguez is with the Mariners anytime soon, so he wouldn't really be a smart gamble to take in a redraft league. On the other hand, Kirilov already debuted with Minnesota in the playoffs last year, and Vaughn is being talked up by the White Sox as a possibility to make the club out of spring training. Chicago has signed Luis Raba and Eloy Jimenez to long-term extensions before they debuts the past couple of years, and it's possible Vaughn could follow suit, which would make him a lock for opening day. Heightening my enthusiasm for these two is that their clubs have spots ready for them. The Twins chose to non-tender Eddie Rosario this offseason, so left field is open for Kirilov. Meanwhile, The White Sox didn't re-sign Edwin Encarnacion, so Vaughn could immediately share first-base DH duties with Jose Abreu. We'll learn more about these situations throughout March, but I wanted to identify them as two early targets alongside the Kalenic situation. It shouldn't really be a news story that the best pitching prospect in baseball is impressing his team in camp but last year's unusual circumstances make this newsworthy. The Padres were competing in 2020 and many of us considered Mackenzie Gore close to the majors. So it was bordering on curious yet alarming that the team never called him up. Eventually reports from last summer's alternate training site told us that Gore was struggling to find a rhythm with his mechanics. The lanky southpaw has a funky delivery with a high leg kick that he's usually athletic enough to repeat on a consistent basis. However, Padres pitching coach Larry Rothschild notes that the strange stop-and-start nature of the 2020 season might have led to Gore's issues. Regardless, by all reports, the 22-year-old figured things out by the end of the summer. Armed with four-plus pitches from the left side, Gore is scheduled to debut at some point this year and he'll be a must-add in redraft leagues whenever that occurs. It takes a special bat for a first baseman to be selected number one overall, and that's exactly what we have with Spencer Torkelson. Sure, the Tigers announced him as a third baseman, but I fully expect him to move back to first, especially since his bat will likely be ready for the majors before his glove. Fantasy managers eager to get their first glimpse of Torque We'll have to wait a few extra days, though, as the slugger who broke Barry Bonds' freshman home run record at Arizona State recently required stitches for a small cut on his finger. Torkelson was reportedly using a makeshift can opener when the injury occurred. It isn't expected to be a serious issue at all. Already a top 10 prospect for yours truly, I'm looking more at a 2022 debut for Torkelson. And we'll close with Jaron Duran of the Red Sox, who has become a bit of an obsession for me in the recent weeks. If there's a prospect who isn't ranked on any top 100 list that needs to be added in your Dynasty League right now, it's Duran. A seventh round pick from 2018, Duran is already 24 years old, but he possesses game changing speed along with a developing skill set as a hitter. Duran caught my attention after hitting 357. 394, 516 in his in his pro debut the year he was drafted. He followed that up with a 303 average and 46 steals in 132 games in 2019, finishing the season in Double A. Recently, manager Alex Cora said that Duran would get a lot of playing time with the big league club during spring training, and this comes on the heels of Duran remaking his swing. With hitting guru Doug Latta entering 2020, which led to some power development at the alternate site. For his entire life, Duran's sw- Duran swing was designed to take advantage of his speed by creating a flat bat path to induce grounders and line drives. However, by lowering his hands, he's now able to turn on inside pitches with authority, while still giving himself a clear swing path with two strikes. There will likely be an increase in his strikeout rate, but hopefully it'll be coupled with more hard hit balls. As my colleague Mike Mayer noted in his Players to Target in Dynasty League's piece from this offseason, the lack of a minor league season in 2020 means the development of many prospects is relatively unknown. Duran's stock is seemingly on the rise and I don't think the public has fully caught on just yet. I'm anticipating a debut in the middle of the summer. And that'll do it for today's Prospect News Roundup. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter, at tuma to reach out anytime with questions. Thanks, everyone. I'll be back soon.